the Young and Healthy Podcast. You're listening to the Cincinnati Children's Young and Healthy Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Cincinnati Children's Young and Healthy Podcast. This is episode number nine and I am Kate Setter, your host for today. I am so excited to be joined in the studio today by Tiana Henry, who is here to talk to us about reading and about books and about finding reading material that our kids are going to love and begin a lifetime of reading. So super excited to talk through this. Um, And Tiana, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Hello, Kate. I'm glad to be here today. Um, Like you said, I'm Tiana Henry, and I manage the Reach Out and Read and Imagination Library programs here at Cincinnati Children's. Fantastic. And I can assume that you love books. Am I making an accurate assumption? Oh, yes. I love books. And as a matter of fact, I am a collector of uh, literature, as I say. And I love children's literature, especially uh, diverse children's literature. So I love to collect that. So, And being a mom as well, reading all the time. I love it. And I think that this is one of the things that... When I think about my kids when they were little, some of my favorite memories are reading books. And I feel like in the moment, it was like, oh my goodness, we're reading this again. But then when I look back on it, there are some really, really special books that I read over and over again because they were the ones that my kids glommed onto. Um, So let's start our conversation today just kind of with, um, I don't know, tell us why, why reading is important for kids. Well, starting from birth, reading is important. Actually, the American Academy of Pediatrics recommends reading from birth. Um, Shared reading as well, because it stimulates optimal patterns of brain development and strengthens parent-child relationships at a critical time um, in child development, which in terms builds language, literacy, and social-emotional skills that last a lifetime. And um, so that's the AAP's uh, quote, and it, it rings true. Uh, you're actually starting from birth and you are your child's first teacher and when you continue these reading patterns um, you see that your child will develop better vocabulary do better in school and better in life so when you say from birth like literally from the first day parents the recommendation from the AAP and from Cincinnati Children's too I'm assuming yes is that parents should be reading to their kids. Yes, in the beginning, starting from birth, because when you start from birth, you have that pattern and you can continue it. So it starts a lifetime. And then, as you know, they the children are like sponges. They're taking in everything and they're still developing. So they're hearing the voices, they're hearing the words, and they're actually able to um, emotionally feel and be stimulated by some of this. So where should a parent of a brand new baby start? Like, I, I know that there are certain, you know, certain families will already have books in the home, but if you don't, is there a good place to start? Is there a good way to think about when and how to start this reading? Glad you asked. So starting from birth, we also have a program that is managed here at Children's, as I mentioned, Imagination Library. And when you have a live birth, when your baby is born, not while you're pregnant, but when your baby is born and you have the actual birthday, you can go to www.ohioimaginationlibrary.org and sign your child up 
and get free books every month until your child turns five. So this is a program here sponsored by Children's and Ohio's Governors, it's Ohio Governors Imagination Library and sponsored by Fran DeWine as well. Um, this is her philanthropic outreach, um, but we've been doing this here at Children's uh, for uh, six years it'll be. And so we've been um, doing Imagination Library and Imagination Library has been going on with, uh, it, it, Dolly Parton actually started it in her hometown. Uh, because of low literacy rates and her father had literacy issues and that's something that she wanted to do to give back again her philanthropic outreach and so it was so popular she just was mailing books to children um, under five that it spread but you can get it in your city with your own funding and so we had some gracious funders uh, every child capital come and fund us back in 2015 and then we've had governor um, dewine and friend dewine through the Ohio Governor's Imagination Library fund us last year to this year. So they have given us half of the money and then we get the half of the money donated and, and grants and everything. So we've been able to cover 24,000 children in Ima Imagination Library um, within this five year period. We're up to 24,000 kids. So uh, we are really excited. So yes, any child that's born, Go ahead and register them. And then don't forget to visit your public library too. There are just so many books there that they can choose from. So what does make a good book at different ages? For, for the little ones as they get older, like what, what should parents be looking for when they're looking for a good book? That's a good question. So when, you, when they're little, uh, say a newborn, you just want to read a story. So you just want to read a short story. Um, so that's fine to read just paperback books. But when they get older, um, you want to get the hardback books, um, but board books as we call them, because they can put up with the teething and trying to eat it and, <laughs> and, and also beating it up. So you want to get the board books. And, and some people might not even realize that the difference between it, like, why is this book chunky and this book is so thin? Well, the board books will, are, are supposed to survive the teething and all the dragging and pulling. And um, the and they're also shorter books, so the ch uh, they know that the children have a smaller attention span at that time. So you want to look for an age-appropriate book. And again, Imagination Library sends books by age range, as well as if you go to your bookstore or the public library, you can look at books in that age range. And that's the reason for it. And then when they get older, you'll get those paperback books um, that you can read. A, the child will sit for an entire story. Mm -hmm. So we'll talk about the older kids in a little bit, um, but the little ones, I actually um, brought our very favorite board book with me. And as you're saying, like it's meant to hold up, I'm sitting here looking and it has been through three kids in my house now and it's looking a little worse for wear, but it's still all together. So these board books really are intended to last a while. Um, but this, this one I have in front of me is called Little Blue Truck and all of my kids have loved it. Um, but I love it most because it's really fun to read. And so is that like kind of the cadence and the flow of a story and what it tells you? Is that something that, you know, I, I feel like the kids kind of glommed onto it too, because it is fun. There's, there's almost a beat to it. Yes. So 
books have a, a reason and rhyme too. I mean, children love books that rhyme. They also like books with onomatopoeia. You know, when you can talk back to the books, uh, that's what shared reading comes into play, the dialogic reading where you can point to the books and it, if it's snap, snap or clap, clap. So um, yes, uh, books that get the children involved um, are definitely um, key to uh, success in not only their development, but also getting the parents and children having a good time. So, so let's talk about a, a little bit about like school readiness. And yes. so we've been talking these early years. And what do we know about kind of reading activity in the first four or five years of a child's life and how ready they are for school? So kindergarten readiness is predictive of third grade reading ability, and 40% of children are not ready to learn at kindergarten entry nationwide. So third grade reading ability is basically predictive of graduation. So basically from zero, uh, well, from kindergarten to third grade, they're learning to read. In fourth grade, children move from learning to read to reading to learn. So that is key right there. So when you look and factor in the importance of kindergarten readiness and being able to read, it's very um, important and paramount that the children are learning to read, learning to recognize these letters and learning how to um, get involved in reading the books. So um, it's very important to have um, children ready to read at kindergarten. And so what's the guideline for how much parents should be thinking about reading with their kids in those early years? So I, we always have this 15-minute-a-day rule. So if you have five days a week, if you can read at least 15 minutes a day, you are actually doing a great job because you are stimulating the brain. You are also um, practicing something that they are learning, and you also are creating a love for books. So it's not foreign, you won't see your child, won't go to kindergarten, open the book backwards or upside down and not, they will actually know how to hold the book, understand the book and maybe read some of the words. So um, it's very important that um, we introduce books at, at the earliest age possible and read at least 15 minutes a day because that makes a difference. So with these like school age kids, I know I kind of struggle with it a little bit with one of my kiddos who just he doesn't want to do the reading himself. And so we're working on it and we'll talk in a, in another minute about like finding the the books that the kids will love to read themselves when they um have gotten to that point. But when when we have like elementary age kids is it okay to get in that reading with the parents still reading to the kiddo or is there a point where they really need to be reading for themselves? So every child develops at a different age and you kind of want to gauge. And when they get school age, it's a good idea to talk to the teacher and see what the reading list is. And then also ask where your child is as far as their reading level. So when you have that first mm -hmm. parent-teacher conference, you want to sit down and, and, and talk to the teacher and ask where they are with reading. And usually they'll tell you. They'll tell you if you need a little more work. And some teachers may send home uh, books in a certain um, category for the child to read as well as sometimes they have reading assistance and 
a reading specialist that may work with your child. So you will uh, definitely get, but make sure you ask those questions. You know, where, um, how is she reading? Is, is this, um, is there, are there any concerns? And some people will say, you know, oh, your child is fine, progressing well. And say, well, they may need some help in these areas. And so it's a good idea to have that conversation with the, with, the, with the teacher and really be involved in asking those questions. And, and sometimes, you know, parent-teacher conferences may be overwhelming. You might even want to email your teacher, you know, mm -hmm. if you don't have a chance to have that conversation. So I think it's really important to really, when they get in school, try to find out where they are. Mm -hmm. And then if you may catch something that the, parent, the teacher might not catch, as a parent so definitely have that conversation also ask them for a list of books that they're reading in the classroom and then reinforce that at home so i know that there are kind of some differing scales of like i i think lexile is one of them um that give you kind of numbers and letters and things like that as to where kids are kind of with their reading ability um, is that something the parents should be worried about, or is that more on the school side? Uh, yes, I think the ch parents should be worried about everything. You should pay attention. Uh, I always say little people have no business. So <laughs> when they need to know, um, you need to get in there and figure it out. If they send you a test score at home, because a lot of times our kindergartens may get dibbles. Um, that's another test. And then some, some, it was called the KRA. Um, and then also third grade reading test. Mm -hmm. um, when you get those um, scores at home, you might not really understand them. And they do have a little box that says this is this and this is that, but you might not really understand that. So I always say, you know, email the teacher, set up a conference. You know, now everybody's doing a quick Zoom call or whatever and actually have the breakdown for you to understand it in layman's terms. You don't have to be a, a, a chief academia person <laughs> to interpret these scores, but it may be a little, because they do use big words and numbers and things like that. And so you can actually ask them and they, most of the time the teachers are always glad to do it. Mm -hmm. I've had that, that experience for sure, that the teachers um, I, I think are really great partners in this reading journey for kids. Um, and I've even had some teachers who've suggested some books that I've never heard of um, that, you know, have really been a good fit for my, for my daughter in particular, as she's been reading harder, more complex books. Um, I, I'm curious if you have any thoughts or recommendations for families who might be looking for something new, especially for these older kids who might be wanting to start with a series, because I feel like series are really nice to kind of keep them going. Mm -hmm. um, do you have any thoughts on good places to start with resources or ideas there? So resources and ideas. So for younger kids, zero to five, I, I see that they there's two sites, um, reachoutandread.org. They have not only lists of good um, good books, but also resources and eBooks you can um, download. There's even a book, um, a book that you can download. It's a children's book on COVID. Like why are we all staying at home and things different, thinking different things going on. So I would say you can go there and look for good resources for books as well as um, imaginationlibrary.com, just the national site. They have the book list of the books that you'll be getting in the mail if you sign up. 
And then if your child is older or younger, or if you have a niece or nephew you want to buy, you can look at those authors. And you, if you like the book, then you can buy more books by that author because they would have a series. And also for older children, like high school children and um, school age children, for me, I always try to say you need, um, as a parent, look and see what your child is into because there's a book for everything. And a lot of older kids like books about money. So there's so many books, <laughs> you know, um, about, you know, not only um, how to get money, how to save money. And there's little books about, it's a little book about a fifth grade girl who was a millionaire, you know, just different books out there. And they, if your child is into fashion, you know, there's books about fashion. There's books about different countries if they're into traveling. So really try to figure out, even books about gaming. So it's really important to figure out what they love and don't just buy them old yeller, you know, <laughs> there you go, you know, <laughs> or, you know, some of the classics that we had to read, um, they may like, but they really like these. I mean, there's books that talk about texting in them, like they're really getting with the times. Mm -hmm. So you really want to get involved with what your child likes. Um, what they what what they are into, and try to find a book that has the same thing. Also, I, like I said, I love cultural books, books that have characters that look like the children who are holding them. I think it's very important to get books like that because books are mirrors and windows in their mm -hmm. children's eyes. So if they see someone that looks like them, they'll be excited. So I really think um, those are some of the tips I would say. Those are great tips and. I've even been surprised. There is a series called I Survived, and it's like all of these true survival stories that apparently are like, that I was really surprised that my son really, really likes those, and a lot of his classmates do too. Um, but it's kind of cool because they're learning about things that happen in history as well. Um, but it's a, you know, it's a wild survival story too. So I, I love those tips. Thank you for those. So you mentioned that there is a book that you found specifically about COVID and staying home. So let's, this has been just such an unprecedented time in um, these children's lives, especially some of these younger kids really don't know anything other than staying home and some of the things that we've been doing there during the pandemic. What role do you think reading has had in all of this or should have um, as, as families maybe are spending a bit more time at home than they did before. It is very interesting. Um, we actually had a COVID survey with our Imagination Library parents, and the, we had a verbatim section. And one of the things that we learned from the verbatim section is, if the whole world goes crazy, I still will get my book in the mail. And I was like, wow, you wow. know, it really rain really through to us like wow you know this is keeping this is a sense of normal you know mm -hmm. they're getting their books every month and they're able to read even if they can't go outside and play with their friends even if they can't go to school it can't but they're still getting their books so that was one thing that we really learned and also another thing is things are changing you know parents are changing jobs parents are going back to work some parents have been home you know, and the thing is, what you can keep the same is your reading routine. If you read every night, uh, keep reading every night. 
And if you have um, a new job and you're not, you're not reading every night, try to get someone to substitute that because that, is, again, if the whole world goes crazy, little people might not know. They know things have changed, but they do know they're still getting their book. Mm-hmm. So, you know, my main thing I would say, and I always tell parents, try to keep it as normal as possible. If you can't read, have an older sibling read or a spouse read or a grandma around that time you know just to make sure that things are balanced with our little ones because they do know and they do sense things Mm -hmm. but it really gives them comfort when things are the same for them so that kind of idea of creating normalcy um should parents be trying to you know incorporate more books or is reading the same two or three night after night after night is that okay too both. It depends on your child. You know, the toddlers, they want the same thing. They want the same food. They want the same the same book. That's just them. So, yes, you are tired of reading um, The Very Hungry Caterpillar for the 15th time. But guess what? They're going to know all the words. They're going to even know the colors. I mean, you have to understand the magnitude of repetition. Like, that's something that we learn you know, in, 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 in education where, mm-hmm. you know, the repetition is totally uh, the best way for a child to learn. So, you know, even though you're tired of it, mom and dad and family, just go ahead and read it. But you can have a new fun book like, OK, let's try. Let me sneak this one in like, oh, OK, oh, they, they may be willing to try it. Um, but yeah, repetition is great and keeping the same book. I agree with you when you were talking about the little blue truck, like keeping a book through the family, that's family memories for years to come. And like, you all can take that book and put it on a mount somewhere, you know, later Mm -hmm. on. But, um, yes, um, yes, try to incorporate the new ones, but don't give up on your classics and the ones like everyone loves a good night moon. You know, mm-hmm. everybody knows that story. Um, everybody knows some of the Dr. Seuss books. I mean, some people are really comfortable um, with, um, you know, uh, brown bear, brown bear. It's just, um, it gives people a warm feeling and the children love it. So yes, keep doing what you're doing and try to incorporate more. And even if you have to sneak it in, do you have any favorites? Oh my goodness. (laughs) So, um, I actually love, uh, right now, um, my daughter is eight, but there is a book called Princess Truly and Her Sparkling Curls, and it's about a little girl, and she has these two little Afro puffs, and they're magical, and she goes these different places, and so it's also a series, and I love that book, and uh, Imagination Library has a similar book, and I have it, uh, Hair Love. And what I like about it is it's it's promoting self-esteem of you loving your curly hair or your hair that's big and poofy and you love it and you don't think negative of it. So I love the fact that it's teaching awareness and, and self-love and also teaching. And because this book is going out to everybody, I really like the fact that other people of other races are learning about different hair as well, Mm -hmm. different things. So um, I'm really in love with Princess Truly and her sparkling curls and hair love right now. Princess Truly. I'm going to have to find that one. Oh, yeah. She sounds awesome. She is. 
And you also have with you um, the final book in the Imagination Library that you were telling me a bit about before we um, started recording. Would you tell us a little bit about, about that one and what it's intended to do? Look out, kindergarten, here I come. So if you sign up your child, again, uh, from zero to five at www.ohioimaginationlibrary.org, um, you can get free books in the mail every month. And the last book before your child goes to kindergarten is a book. So they get it on the month of their birthday. Okay. So the birthday comes and you see this book during their birthday month. You're like, oh, it's time for kindergarten. So this book talks about Henry and his journey to kindergarten and him going and getting up and getting excited and what he sees and the games he plays and drawing and painting and all the things that will go on in kindergarten. So this is sort of preparing the children for kindergarten and it actually has some tips on the inside cover of you know different things that you can point out to your child to get them ready and uh, I shared with you before we had uh, actually a person that worked at children's who said her daughter did not want to go to kindergarten she said she's not going to the bus she's not doing anything and when she <laughs> got this book she was okay I'm gonna try it so you know like I said there's a book for everything so this book will help encourage um, little scared future kindergartens and also scared moms because I know that's a hard time for moms but mm -hmm. yeah this is really exciting so yes the last book you'll get is look out kindergarten here I come and like I said the total kindergarten readiness package is here and I think that that's just it's reminding me just how powerful books can be um, you know, the little girl who was like, yep, nope, I will not be riding that bus. Mm -hmm. um, and then after reading a story and seeing it play through, I think that's one of the really special things about books is they can only see the beginning right? or only see one piece of it. But through books, if they can see a whole story and how it can go well, um, all of a sudden it changed her mind. And she's like, okay, I'll give this a try. And, right. I, it, and books really are powerful that way. Books are just, it's the key to education, you know, it, it unlocks your brain and it gives you, um, feeds you education every day. You know, we start as young children reading babies and then we see, you know, as adults when we read our books and we, especially, you know, books that can take us in different countries and also self-help books, whatever your fancy, you know, we are learning every day. And I think that finding books that kids are interested in is really probably the best place for families to start. And I think that as I, as I'm constantly trying to keep reading material in the house for the kids and not all of them work though, mm -hmm. and that's okay. Right. Like right. they can, they can get a couple chapters into it and say, yeah, this one just isn't for me and try again. Yeah. Um, and that's the love of the library. You know, that's free. And this public, Cincinnati, Hamilton County has a great public library. I mean, if they go there, then that way you didn't have to buy the book and you can get the book for the older kids and they can look at it and check it out. Also, um, there are one of the things that I like to see. There's um, Coretta Scott King. She has an award. And these are award-winning books. Mm -hmm. So if you kind of look for her symbol on books, too, as well, um, you can kind of see, you know, how books are rated. And um, so I, I do that, too, for my nieces and nephews. I look The older children, I'll see, you know, okay, this is an award-winning book. And, okay, kids really liked it. Okay, let's try, try to check this out. And, and they ended up liking the book. So you can kind of look at that, at that way, too, different books that have won different awards mm -hmm. as well. No, that's a good point. I, I think, isn't there like a Caldecott honor? Yeah, the Caldecott honor, yep. Um, 
that yeah that's a great thing because they typically have like the the stamp on the front of the the book or Mm -hmm. that you can see right there um and i love giving books as gifts too Mm -hmm. i think that's you know even just asking for them especially when we get to the point where kiddos sometimes don't actually need any more toys they but asking for a book for birthday gifts or um you know that that can be a great way to build a library too Yes, and I just got my daughter her first Ramona book. Remember Ramona? Oh, Ramona. <laughs> yes. And yes, Beezus, right? Yes, and Beezus, yeah. And so she is going to be reading about the third grade through her Ramona book. So I said, hey, I got you this book. And then it's a chapter book. As you know, they're the, the beginning chapter books are mm-hmm. not big, but they're, they're a nice little chunk. So, you know, um, so that makes them excited. And when, especially when the character is in the same grade or doing some of the same things. And, and then you can see them sitting there reading the book and laughing, you know. So especially Ramona, she gets in so much trouble. <laughs> I kind of love the characters who are troublemakers. Mm-hmm. They're the best. They're the best. They really are. Um, this has been a really fun conversation, Tiana. Thank you so much. Is there anything else that you'd like to, you know, share with families before we kind of close out our time? Well, if you know of a child that is born, that is in Hamilton County or anywhere else in Ohio, just go to www.ohioimaginationlibrary.org and sign them up for Imagination Library. We don't want to miss out on these free books. I mean, you don't want to do that. So uh, it's no catch. You know, I know there's a lot of scams out there, but I, I do tell parents there's no catch. You just get the free books in the mail. And uh, you will enjoy a wonderful library with your child. And uh, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Yep. I'm thinking about all those kiddos who are so excited watching their mailboxes when it's time for their books. So, um, again, thank you so much for joining us and for this awesome conversation. Uh, You've been listening to the Young and Healthy Podcast. Thanks for joining us. This episode was recorded on August 3rd, 2021. The content of this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only. Our theme music was created by Stephen Grieco. This episode was produced by Symphony Pitts. Thanks for listening. Follow Cincinnati Children's on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter.